G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. You know that first Christmas, it didn't just happen. It wasn't like God hadn't told his people that he was going to send them a saviour. It's just that, well, they were so focused on the here and now, they really hadn't stopped to consider the big picture. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond, and welcome again to the program as we take another look at Christmas from a different perspective. And listen, please stick with me, because at the end of today's message, I'll be telling you about our latest life application booklet, The Best of 2019. I'd love to send you a free copy to bless you richly at this special time of year. I guess when it comes to this whole Christmas thing, we see it from where we sit, and for most of us, our perspective, our take on Christmas, comes through the ritual that surrounds it, a ritual that we've acted out year after year for as long as we can remember. Sure, it's changed a bit. When, when we were kids, it was all about the excitement of presents. But you know the deal. You, you know all the things that you do in these weeks leading up to Christmas. You know how Christmas Day is going to pan out. You know the carols you're going to sing and the food that you're going to eat and, and the people that you're going to celebrate Christmas with. If it's at all possible, this exciting celebration of Christmas has become something of a routine for you. A bit of a contradiction, but it's true for most of us. Life is full of contradictions, right? And when it comes to Christmas... We kind of narrow our view. We, we lower our gaze and focus on the well-worn, familiar path of the Christmas ritual. Whatever that looks like for each one of us, we narrow our perspective. And like Pavlov's dogs, we get on with that part of life. And in many respects, that's how it was on that very first Christmas, 2,000-odd years ago. Although it wasn't called Christmas back then. In fact, the first record of there being some celebration of Christmas doesn't appear until 354 AD, three and a half centuries after the birth of Jesus. And of course, many of the modern day traditions of Christmas that we celebrate on December the 25th, for instance, eating turkey, having Christmas trees, Santa Claus, presents, tinsel, lights... All of those are much, much more recent. In fact, the Christmas ritual that you and I take for granted today, as though it's been around forever, is little more than a hundred years old. It's a bit of a surprise, isn't it? But let's wind the clock back even further to that first Christmas. People, by and large, were just going on with their daily business. The big news in town was, of course, the census. The Romans had ordered a stock take of all the people, and in the absence of the technology that we use today, the way you did it back then was to go back to your ancestral home. And in the case of Joseph, and therefore Mary, his embarrassingly pregnant betrothed, that meant going back to Bethlehem. The inns were full. The shepherds were out doing what shepherds did, tending their flocks in the fields by night. Other than the disruption of the census... It was pretty much business as usual. And then wham, the light show in the skies in front of these shepherds. God broke into that business as usual in a spectacular way. You know what? I'm praying that this Christmas, 
God is going to break into your business as usual in a spectacular way too. All these people were just living their lives just like we do, head down, doing stuff that they did day after day, when all along God had promised a saviour. There are quite a number of prophecies in what we now call the Old Testament, the scriptures to the Jewish people of the coming of a saviour. And principal among them is that he would be born in Bethlehem. Micah chapter 5, verses 2 to 5. But you, O Bethlehem of Ephrathah, who are one of the little clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to rule in Israel, whose origin is from of old, from ancient days. Therefore he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labour has brought forth. Then the rest of his kindred shall return to the people of Israel, and he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they shall live secure. For now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be the one of peace. The prophecy of the coming of the Saviour in great power in this tiny, humble little village of Bethlehem. And by the way, the word Bethlehem means literally the house of bread. Remember how Jesus said, I am the bread of life? How appropriate that he should be born in Bethlehem, the house of bread. And then there was the prophecy that he would be born to a virgin. Now, that's pretty outrageous when you think about it. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the virgin woman is with child and shall bear a son and shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And that is, of course, exactly what happened. There are quite a few more prophecies about the birth of Jesus that were given centuries before that he fulfilled. His lineage, the slaughter of the infants by Herod, his need to flee to Egypt. The bottom line was that there were plenty of signs, plenty of prophecies, plenty of predictions. Okay, they were cryptic. I mean, God revealed his son in mystery and wonder. We always try and analyse God and put him into a box. We, We try and figure out how he operates and then make a bunch of rules about him. But you can't do that with God. He does startling, creative, totally outrageous things, like sending his son Jesus as the son of a carpenter in humble circumstances in some shed at the back of Bethlehem. But the picture was always there. The big plan was always there. God had given some predictions about what was going to happen, even as way back as his promise to Abraham, right back there in the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis. God said to him, through you all nations shall be blessed, pointing forward to Jesus. But the people were just chugging along, business as usual, and it was difficult, if not impossible, for many of them to see, to perceive, to understand. Not all of them had the light show like the shepherds and the wise men. As I look at the world today, it seems to me that still today, most are asleep to what God did back then and what God's doing now. The only difference is that we know the whole story. We know what was going on and how it ends. So if as this Christmas approaches, you find yourself asleep to the wonder of what God is doing, then let me say to you in all love and with all care, wake up. Don't be asleep through yet another Christmas. The wonder and the power of what God did back then, the doors that he opened for you through the coming of Jesus, the joy of what he brings to you today, the unspeakable glory that he opens up through his son for you to spend eternity with him. 
Why would you want to sleep through that? Why would you want to be blind to that? Those prophecies of old were just the faintest hint of what was to come. But now we know. Now we can see the sheer wonder that is Jesus. The saying is sure and worthy and full of acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, to the King of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honour and glory for ever and ever. Amen. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 15 to 17. Man, why would you want to ignore that, to sleep through that, to replace it with trite Christmas rituals that don't come anywhere close to what that's all about? Why would you do that? Because, well, that's just what people do. That's how it goes. It's Christmas again, so let's roll out the Christmas tree and the tinsel and the lights and play it again, Sam. That's not what Christmas was meant to be. That's not what God the Father had in his great and mighty heart as he gazed down upon the birth of his son in that horrible, dirty little stable. It never ceases to amaze me how readily we're prepared to accept cheap imposters when the real thing, the real deal, is available to each one of us. Christmas, what will it mean to you this year? This truly is a special time of year, a time to celebrate, a time to look back and a time to look forward. And honestly, it has been such a privilege this year to share the good news of Jesus with you and so many others. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our latest life application booklet. It's called The Best of 2019, and it's based on some of this year's most popular messages. Now, you can request your free copy of The Best of 2019 right now. Either stop by at ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415 and we'll send your booklet straight out to you in the post. Again, that's ChristianityWorks.com or 1-300-722-415. Hey, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm Bernie Diamond. I'll catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.